2: On James Bond Day, you're very welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Yes, today is James Bond Day because you see, it's 60 years since the very first James Bond movie was released, Doctor No. And there's big celebrations going on for, I have to say, a few months now and especially in recent weeks and a big concert last evening at the Royal Albert Hall in London with the star of the show, the young Miss Shirley Bassey. And I'll come back to James Bond a little bit later on in the show. If you want to get in touch with us, 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text is our contact numbers. Now, I'm really interested in uh, current affairs, politics, etc. Follow it closely here and abroad. And... You will be aware from news that the decision by former Sinn Féin councillor Jonathan to and his dad to testify against their former close family friend, uh, Gerry the Monk Hutch, well, it's just sensational news. It really, really is. They are now going to enter the Witness Security Programme. It was Witness Protection, I think it was known as years ago, but it's called Witness Security Programme now. And this fascinates me. Somebody deciding to do something like this and then really end their life as it's known, and begin a new life elsewhere. So who would you talk to about it? Well, there's one woman. She's written about it in the past. She covers it extensively. Nicola Talent is Investigations Editor with The Sunday World, and she's a brilliant podcast. Check it out, called Crime World, and author, as I said. And just before coming on air, I caught up with Nicola, and I put it to her that it's a huge decision with wide-ranging implications to enter the Witness Security Programme.
4: It is, and like, I know a little bit about it. Now, I'm not going to claim to be an expert about it, but I was investigating some practices around it some years ago, and I came into contact with a guy called Joey O'Callaghan, who I wrote a book with called The Witness, and we went on to make a podcast, The Witness in His Own Words. And we never hear it because people don't kind of emerge out of it to tell their story. So Joey is quite unique in that way. And it's it certainly his story gives us a good insight into, you know, the psychological effects of it and what it entails. So just to explain it to you, it was set up here in Ireland. It started actually out in America when the uh, they decided they had to take down the mafias and they needed to protect some of the insiders who were going to give evidence against their former, uh, you know, uh, families, they call them, and then it was kind of taken up in Italy again against the mafia, and uh, it sort of spread across the world the witness protection program. But we we only set up bars when um, Veronica Guerin was murdered, and the John Gilligan gang was brought before the special criminal court on charges relating to that murder. Um, Charles Bowden and Russell Warren went into the uh, into, into stage witness. They gave evidence against their former gang members and they were then, they're, they're out there in the world somewhere with new identities. Um, now, their evidence didn't go down too well in the court with the, with the judges because they felt that they had too much to gain and they couldn't be believed because they were involved, I suppose, in the, the details of that crime themselves. And that was really sort of the start of what has been quite a lot of criticism from the judiciary about certain witnesses that come before the court. Um, You want to know about the programme and what it entails, I I gather. So yes, but but what happens is when he's identified who has evidence to give, and particularly in gangland and in sort of underworld uh, crime, they are identified or they come forward themselves and say they're you know, they interested in witness protection, they have evidence they wish to give. That evidence is kind of tested as much as possible, the details of it, to make sure it's true, um, it, it, it is factual. The person themselves are assessed whether or not they are suitable for witness protection programme. Like, for example, they don't like people who are addicted to drugs, maybe who are living a chaotic lifestyle. Um, they as much as possible, will assess somebody's mental stability because it is it is really hard, you know what I mean, you're, you're going out there, it's the ultimate sin of gangland to, to rat, as they call it. Um, and if they are deemed as a, as a witness that will help the state prove their case against somebody, they will be approved to go on this programme. And when they go on the programme, they're taken into protective custody by Um, a a, a unit of the guards that's dedicated to this and is is, is under the Crime and Security Division and they're kept alive, basically, um, to get to court. So that is the whole point of it, to keep the witness alive and any members of their family who have to go into the programme with them. Um, So they get them to court and they give their evidence and at that point, once that's done, they're signed off the programme. And they're helped with, um, you know, new identities, you know, new social security numbers. Um, they are moved somewhere, usually within the English-speaking world, to America, Canada, Australia, England. Um, they're helped kind of set up this new life. They're given a new backstory as regards to who they are and where they come from, new names, et cetera, et cetera. And then they are cast adrift to kind of, uh, you know, Survive as this new in this new identity. They will have a liaison officer in in another country, but they're not under twenty four hour protection. If that's what people think, um, you know, to be honest with you, from Joey's story, that was the hardest bit of it.
2: Mm, because when you think about that, you're on your tod then from that point on. And I'm sure, Nicola, you know, the areas like social media, there's none of that. There's no, you know, contacting people of old or anything like that. You really do have to cut off everything, lie low and start afresh.
4: I mean, you're supposed to literally not contact your family again. Mm. Um. You know, be that your mother, be that your brother, uh no contact with your past whatsoever obviously no social media no photographs you stick to this story that you've been given about who you are and and you just try and make your way in the world and what i know certainly you see joey was particularly young he was only 19 he was the youngest person to ever go on to the program he found his like difficulty largely was he was on his own he went into it on his own and he was expected to survive alone Um, you know, with this backstory with no contact whatsoever with his family members, friends or past, and he just wasn't able to do that. He's very, you know, articulate on on the reasons why he wasn't able to do that mentally at the time. Uh, You look at Dowdall, and the court was told the other day during a sentence hearing that he, his older father, um, who's in bad health, and his wife and four children aged between 11 and 25 are all going into the program. So that's six people and they will have each other um, but you know it comes with its own complexities when the kids in particular, I can only imagine they have circles of friends and you know, the older ones maybe have boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever, that goes with getting on a bit in life Um yeah but, I mean, this is an option that he has taken. And he obviously feels it's the best option for him and his family. But, uh, you know, you can see somebody like him, the stress he's feeling, you can just see it. Um, it's a, such a huge decision he's making to stand there in court and, and commit this ultimate sin, which is, in the realms of criminality, It's totally unforgivable. There is no forgiveness for ratting.
2: And, and Nicola, the thing is, I'm just picturing it here as you speak, wherever they go in the world, they'll mm. always be looking over their shoulders and wondering, who is that? Does anyone know us? Have we been traced? Have we been found? That is with them forever.
4: Yeah, and like that, to live in that paranoid existence doesn't really make you very easy <laughs> uh, mm. to get along with, you know. Um, so, and, and those threats are not perceived. They're real. So That's the difficulty as well, because somebody who has given evidence, who has to go forward and live in a new community, whatever, they may be very far away, but there is a constant threat and they do have to be vigilant. So it's the balancing of that vigilance with trying to live a normal life um, and telling all these lies about your past. I mean, any conversation you have, even with strangers, you kind of tend to give them a little bit of information or a hint about You know, where you're from or, you know, families and background is so important to who we are at any point in our lives. So it's really difficult. And I think you have to be very mentally capable to, you know, to live it. I I think it's a little bit surreal, the whole thing. And I think it was a program that was developed at a time when there wasn't a lot of social media. I mean, you can't go anywhere nowadays Mm -hmm. or you're at risk of getting your photograph taken and you've no idea where it's going to end up, even on a night out. Like, you know, people are posting stuff all the time. Uh, That's a worry that didn't exist before. Now, they in court the other day, Michael O'Higgins, who's representing Jonathan Dowdall, explained that um, witness protection has, you know, it's, it's like people go into it, I suppose it's a little bit like a spectrum. And he said the far end of that spectrum is to be relocated. But any protected witness that I can remember that's been before the courts and given evidence has been relocated. I don't know of any of them that are still living uh, just in their own communities as themselves, having, you know, given evidence. And I've spoken to a good few people that have been through the Witness Protection Programme, many of them in, you know... Obviously the only one that has been willing to tell their story and share their story has been Joya Callahan. But I've spoken to many other people and I don't think any of them have suggested that it's it's a walk in the park.
2: It certainly isn't. And listening to you, it's understandable. And as you say, it's a different world today when this concept uh, was envisaged and implemented initially. The other thing is the Dowdles have obviously uh, no time to serve now. That's been just expunged. You know, they they were part of uh, this whole case as well. But that's, that's over now. They won't serve any time.
4: Well, they're looking for suspended sentences. You see, what happened the other day, it's been a little bit confusing, hasn't it, because it all happened so quickly. But last week they went before the court and they pleaded guilty to these charges of facilitating um, the events at the Regency Hotel, the murder of David Byrne, by uh, uh, providing this hotel room. And that was a lesser charge for Jonathan Dowdall because he was at that point facing a murder trial he was charged with murder, which obviously has a mandatory life sentence. So he pleaded guilty to this lesser sentence. Then on Monday he went in for the sentence hearing to do with that guilty plea on that lesser charge. And during that sentence hearing, his defence uh, counsel asked the three judges of the special criminal court to give him a suspended sentence for a number of reasons, including his health, uh, etc., stress levels, and because. It is clearly very complicated when somebody's going on the witness protection programme for them to be separated from the rest of the family who are on the programme, for them to be placed in custody and to be protected in the way they need to under that witness protection programme while in custody. It's all a bit of a mess, to be honest with you. Having said that, it's unprecedented that they'd get a suspended sentence for the crime committed and given their previous criminal history, him and his father. So the judge's have gone off to consider this and to come back with what sentence they deem to be suitable. Um, They could very well give them a custodial sentence. In fact, Justice Tony Hunt sort of indicated he would um, for what they pleaded guilty to around the Regency Hotel. And then later in the day, Effort. Special Criminal Court sat for what was to be the beginning of the Regency trial, the trial of the Jerry the Monk Hutch for the murder of David Byrne and his co-defendants for giving him logistical help. That was adjourned because uh, basically Hutch has just been hit with this news that his uh, neighbour, friend and co-accused has turned on him and gone state witness. So he needs to gather with his lawyers and decide whether they're going to look for that to be adjourned for a longer period or whether they'll be ready to go ahead Mm. uh, in two weeks' time. Mm.
2: So we'll watch this space with interest. But in the meantime, you really have painted a a very vivid picture of what this process entails for these people or anyone who decides to enter the programme. That's really what I wanted to get a feel for from you today, uh, Nicola. And I really do appreciate you joining me on the show to give us your point of view, as always. Thank you for joining me again.
0: No worries, and I'll talk to you soon.
2: Nicola Talent there, Investigations Editor with the Sunday World, and do check out that podcast, Crime World. You're hardly tired of the horse names, are you already? Well, you shouldn't be, because I have a €50 ticket to give away to that draw for Screen GFC, Uh, John Deere Tractor, €100,000 in cash, first prize, second prize, ownership of the Gavin Crumwell-trained racehorse for a season. We want you to come up with a unique name for your horse. If you... Ever owned a racehorse? What name would you give it? 086 1800 658 By WhatsApp or text You've been brilliant the last couple of days Keep them coming to me they go on. Go on. Oh me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about what I, a bit I pressure? I, no, no, hold on a second. They they have been brilliant, have they? We've they been have just been in undaunted. We've been in undaunted with horse names. But we want more from you today. Come on. Have you your horse for us, please today? Because Missette and Louise are picking a different name each day this week if we own the horse. Yeah, the pressure's on us and we don't even get a ticket. We don't get a ticket, mm. is right. Go on, have you a name yes, for me today? Considering
0: the way my morning went, I'll go wrong direction. <laughs>
2: As opposed to one direction, the group. As <laughs> opposed to any direction. Run. Directionless. So wrong direction is Louise's horse name today. I have one today. But actually, Louise gave this to me. My horse today is Goodwin's Gondolas. <laughs> <laughs> That's for Paddy especially, who warned me I wasn't to get aboard a gondola when I was in Venice recently and I didn't.
5: So I can't understand that.
2: Well, we, we'll have to. We'll, I'll, I'll get a further explanation for it. I promise you. Anyway, Goodwin's Gondolas is my horse today. What's your horse name? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text... And you're in the draw. Imagine you could win the ticket on late lunch today, and I have another ticket tomorrow, and again Friday to give away. We just need horsey names, and you could imagine Louise winning a ticket and then winning the tractor of the hundred thousand yeah. or the horse for you. Wouldn't it be just mm-hmm. fantastic? It really, really would. It's a it's a grand prize. It really is. So come on. How much is a tractor worth? Well, it has to be a hundred thousand anyway. Uh, at least. You know, at least it really has. to. It's a oh. b- big bit of kit. Would you take the tractor? <laughs> you could cut your grass then. Do you know
0: what I would for the novelty pack? I know you would. It's less tax as well, isn't it?
2: And I can tell you this: if you come drive cross <laughs>
3: cross direction,
2: if you, if you come driving in that tractor, there will be a Garda alert right across the northeast. No, I'm only joking. And wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great to have a tractor? Like you know what I mean? Really? Yeah. You know, I especially so. especially if you lived in an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a great addition to your life It could it? be
0: a balcony for the apartment if it's that high up
2: well, could, Yeah, you could get an armour or something and deal with your window boxes <laughs> something like that so you could. Anyway, we want your horsey names. Send them in to us as soon as you can. And if you want a ticket, I want to remind you, screengfc.ie. That's S K R Y N E, screengfc.ie. You can pick up the ticket there for 50 euros a snip at the price, and you never know. Did you ever win anything big? No. No, neither did no. I. And neither did I. I never won anything of substance, really. You know, you'll, you'll often hear people who, who are very lucky win cars. You know, win big amounts of money. I won a
0: voucher for Gagans and Navin once when I was in sixth class, but I think that was a 20 (laughs) quid at the time or something like that.
2: (laughs) I have to say, we we won a thousand euro once. Oh,
0: there you go. What are you complaining about? (laughs)
2: yeah I suppose I should have I'm ungrateful and i in the credit union draw you know when members of the credit union were in the draw and it was the greatest surprise ever honestly it really was to win uh, that amount of money it was just fantastic anyway today is James Bond Day and we're coming back to it in a wee while but before all that I'm dedicating this yes to the Sheerans Kevin and Rena. happy 50th anniversary wedding anniversary today from all your friends and neighbours Dunlear Way and from Loch Arrow Caravan Park and Kevin's getting a book a new book learning how to fish Mary's
4: jobs working in the bank, making lots
0: of money it to Frank Frank's a married boyfriend that way for a year. slapped her in the face was, but says
2: he loves it. Oh, Mary. We listening to the news there and Louise just said to me eight months for stealing a bike eight months for stealing now maybe there's mitigating circumstances but on the face of it eight months for stealing a bike and consider some of the sentences that have been handed down for really horrendous crimes hard to reconcile, isn't it? It really, really is. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Wednesday afternoon. Welcome to the show if you're just joining us. And remember you can always listen to us online, on our app, or on your smart speaker as well. So wherever you are, whatever medium you're listening through today, you're very welcome to the show. One of our regulars is joining me next, and I'm delighted to say hello to her. In the context of it being World Mental Health Month October, Dr. Kate McCann is going to focus on mental mental health this afternoon. Kate lovely to talk to you again.
5: Hi Jerry. how are you?
2: I'm really good welcome back to the show And this is at this topic is really important always but the focus is on it as I said this month. Will you begin by telling our listeners about the patient who put a question to you recently regarding mental and physical health?
5: Yeah, and I think this is really important because the first thing people do, they say, well, you know, what does a doctor have to do with, with mental health, you know? Um, but the patient actually was was giving me this very long and, and very important kind of picture of, of their health, and and they said to me, I don't know where my mental health starts and my physical health began. Again, they had a great insight into how connected the two were, and they were struggling Um, when they were telling me their story, to try and separate out those two parts. And and what I said to them was, why are we separating it out? Because they are very, very connected.
2: And we're going to understand that as we uh, continue the conversation. Now, you've come up with a 10-point plan. And honestly, I've been through this a number of times. And I, I, I have to say to you, all you come up with are so important. And I know you're a real advocate of these 10 uh, things to help people with their mental well-being. So let's begin first with movement.
5: Yeah. So I'm a lifestyle medicine doc. So um, all of my patients, um, they always know, I always ask about their physical activity. And there's different reasons that, um, that doctors recommend or prescribe physical activity. When we're talking about mental health, it's just... Literally, just moving. Um, I'm not looking for minutes. I'm not looking for intensity. We just know that you're that you feel better um, when you know when you get some movement into your day. So, um, you so know, th-
2: what I want to come in with there because this is an important point to make. People yeah. hear this, and mm-hmm. you say, which I love, you say, movement rather than you know physical activity. People think they have mm-hmm. to start uh, walking fast, jogging, running. You know what I'm talking about? It, it's not yeah. that at all.
5: No, we're talking about mental health. We are talking. And, and, and again, we're, we're and we're not looking for, you know, um, a, a treatment or cure for, you know, for for serious mental for mental health problems at this in, in this context. We're, we're not advocating. You're not trying to, you know, m- misguide you on that. But what we're mm. saying is we're looking after our mental health. Yes. And trying to take care of our care of it. Um, that movement can be really important, and that can, and should be enjoyable. So if you really hate walking, I mean, really hate it, and I have patients who do. Yes. Then you know, <laughs> that's not going to be thing. We want a movement that you enjoy. Get your body moving. Outdoors can be really good for um for a lot of reasons. Getting a little bit of daylight can help lift our mood a little bit for a lot of people. Um, and then you know, making sure that it's an enjoyable experience. And I try to say that if you need that space. Um, the headspace that movement done alone can be really great. If you really need that social connection, then taking in that movement, whatever you do, whether it's a walk or a cycle, with someone else is going to be even more helpful.
2: And I'm just thinking, I'm I'm an avid gardener, Kate, and if I spend my Saturday in the garden, by God, I am physically tired come evening time. That type of movement and all that is good.
5: Uh, well, yes, I mean, look, any kind of movement. I'm I'm a doc, so I'm going to break it down. Like we all need movement for everything, for our heart, for for, um, you know, for maintaining a healthy weight. All these things, we need movement. Um, But yes, for our mental health as well.
2: And of course, you do say leave the phone at home. You don't need to be, you know, when you see people out and about and they're just stuck in their phones. Yeah. That can't be helpful,
5: can it? No. And there really, there is um, a a real benefit to uh, digitally detoxing yourself um, at, at least at certain points of the day. Um, if you're a patient of mine, you know, I'm always telling you to get your screens out of your room and your, your bedroom at night to help with everything from anxiety levels to getting better quality of sleep. Um, you know, we, we do need to digitally detox um, at certain points during the day.
2: And of course, the uh, movement and uh, as you say, there outdoors is preferable. Now, we spoke recently, you and I, about sleep and the lack mm. of sleep. And your yeah. third point here is about sleep.
5: Yeah. So if you're not getting enough sleep, your, your poor brain can't function properly. And that includes the, um, our ability to, um, process and emotions. Um, and a lot of the work we do to help regulate things like our response to anxious situations and our mood, a lot of that regulation, um, and that, that baseline kind of maintenance work our brain does happens when we're asleep. And if we don't get sleep, and our brain doesn't have that capacity and opportunity to do its baseline, and we can feel a little more anxious. or Our mood can feel a little off.
2: So sleep is another very important mm. component. Now, mm. vegetables. I mentioned the gardening. Uh, eat yeah. your veggies. You, you, you really say this is so important.
5: Well, I was being a little flippant in the in the in the, in the plan about eat your veggies, but the, what I was really getting at in this is that we do need to eat a healthy diet. Yeah. Um, and that it that has been true. And There's been some fantastic studies done actually, um with patients who were um, going through some tough times, and mood was a little bit low, they were a bit stressed, and they and they had studies where they they changed the diet. They got the diet. Um, got uh, they removed a lot of heavily processed foods, removed a lot of overly sugared foods, um, reduced the alcohol, got rid of these heavily fried foods. The foods that we just know is just not healthy. And they made sure patients got plenty of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and lean protein. And patients who had just a healthier diet, they they, they did report a good, somewhat of an improvement in their ability to deal with um, their emotions, processing some of their anxiety, and, and they felt better.
2: And you know i i don't have to remind you of this. it's our propensity to reach for those baddies, if you like to call them mm-hmm. when we're feeling a bit low, isn't it
5: yeah and and again that, that can be that can be a load of and um, uh, of and again you know of this role of comfort eating, which I don't want to say is is bad mm.
3: um
5: because it because we use the word comfort eating to refer to a load of different behaviors. Um, There's nothing particularly bad about it. But if we're looking on the long game of, um, you know, of, you know, coming into winter and looking after our mental health, eating a healthy diet is good for a lot of reasons. But maintaining a healthy diet is one step to help maintain good mental health as well as your physical health.
2: Yes. Gratitude, Kate.
5: Yeah. So I always I always like to, to talk about this one a lot is that. And in a lot of studies, and very important studies, we look especially at the work in the blue zones, we know that both mental and physical health is better for, um, pay for uh, in groups where they have um, regular religious services. Now, we've stepped away from that. A lot of cultures have stepped away from religion being a focal point in the community. We're now more secular. And where the evidence has shown we can replace that is the uh, is basically gratitude practice. Um, uh, which is the simple thing of every t- every day taking a space um, and sh- trying to trying to find what you're thankful for in that space. Yes, it's all going wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, can you in that space find uh, find a few things that you are thankful for? And repeatedly doing that every day can really help um, kind of just kind of reframe the thinking. And again, overall, it's a kind of a positive t- psychology. Um, um uh,
2: practice. Yes, yeah, secularism, of course, is is mm-hmm. the way of today. The but there is yeah. a loss there for sure. And uh, uh, to to be gratitude and focus on this and meditate is certainly something that we we need to look at. Now, connection is your next one, and of course, weren't we also disconnected for a time recently? And mm. many people just trying to reconnect.
5: Yeah. So social connection is is really important and um one of and there's a and i'm not going to go too long on this but there was a really important um, and and paper out last month about social connections and the reality is that adults uh we do disconnect from our friends more easily than we'd like in the modern world we get very busy we lose touch um and there's a couple of papers coming out that shows two things one is even a quick text to your friend saying hi thinking of you uh, how are things actually can help both you and them even if it is that disconnected virtual texting so that any any bit of reaching out to somebody can help. And the other is is that there's a lot more opportunities around us to connect with people, strangers, new people in our community, but we're very hesitant to take them. Um, and the studies that were done the last month show that um, we're very unlikely to be rejected, that on a whole, we're actually quite likable. People like us more than we think they do. And that, it, and that when people did, um, we're challenged to take the initiative to uh, to say hi to new people, to start a new short conversation. Very few were rejected and both parties left um, usually feeling more positive. Um, so, you know, reaching out to the two people in our periphery or in our communities uh, is, is really important.
2: Helping out is the next one. Joining an organisation, giving back to your community. Very important.
5: Yeah, that can, that can really help. Both the, the feelings of, of connections, um, the feelings of of being of useful and pers- and purposeful I think have been shown to be really, really important to good mental health.
2: Alcohol, again, a subject we've touched on in the past. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on this.
5: Yeah, absolutely. This is this is the one is that um, alcohol does seem to be the way we, we are. We are almost conditioned to respond to um, feelings of stress, feelings of anxiety. I'm having a bad day. Um, You know, our friends will often say to us, "Ah, come on, we'll go for a drink, Um, which isn't necessarily bad if we're saying one drink and you're with a friend and you're in this kind of a a social connection. But when we're using alcohol, um, it will lower mood. and, And then the next day will, of course, give us that rebound anxiety.
2: Doing something relaxing and enjoyable. We all love that. And we should do more of it.
5: Yeah, it's amazing how many people do not prioritize, and I know it's kind of a trendy term, I'm not fond of it, but we'll use it, self-care. They don't schedule in self-care into their schedule. They've got their their kids um, training in there, they've got their work meetings, they've got their whole week planned out. When they look at it, they've got all the stuff they have to do. They don't consider any space for themselves um, as something they have to do, and, and we really should prioritize ourselves.
2: And finally, we're true to number 10 already. You don't need to do this on your own. Explain that, please.
5: So I think um, a lot of the, the thing about mental health is we are still suffering from a stigma. Um, people don't want to talk about the fact that they're having a bad day. In fact, many of my patients, um, I do lifestyle medicine, so none of my patients leave a consultation without me asking in some way around their mental health. Um but they, they they are very reluctant sometimes to open up about it. They don't, you know, they feel like, um, or if they are having a hard time, they start to justify it back to me saying, well, I don't have any reason to have a bad mood or I don't have any reason to feel anxious as if they had to justify their their response. Um, and, and they don't. And, you, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be in bad places mentally. Um, and then people are reluctant to go to the doctor, not only for stigma, is because they're afraid that the response they're going to get are prescriptions or pills, and now why prescriptions or pills are needed for people? They are the right option for people. For people who don't want that option, there are other options out there, um, and there's a lot of supports. A lot and of there's su- a number of supports, and I think Mental Health Ireland. So Mental uh, Mental um, Mental Health Ireland.ie has a whole list of organisations and supports, much of it free um, for. Um,
2: for mental health mentalhealthireland.ie do check it out and to follow you and uh, find out more about, about what you do tell our listeners how they can check you out
5: yeah so you can um, if you want to read more on this um, as well as the complete list of supports it's on the blog today so it's at mdoc e-m-d-o-c uh, health so mdoc at mdoc health or on the blog at mdoc.ie <laughs>
2: Kate, it's been a pleasure as usual. See you next month. Thanks so much, Gary. Take care. Bye-bye. Dr. Kate McCann there, one of our regulars on the show. I hope you can pick something out of what we talked about there to help you along today, but never, ever feel you are alone. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Oh, they'd all love to win the tractor, Louise. It's the tractor. I'm telling you, it's the tractor. The screen tractor is what they want to win. Look at the... The
0: John Deere. Sorry, is it John Deere or is it is it John Deere?
2: (laughs) Yes, it it is indeed. The John Deere. 612OM, just to be precise, is the tractor. Kathleen, hello, Kathleen. Giddy up. There, George is Kathleen's horse name today. Peter in Loud says, uh, my name is Winner No Way. Ah, Peter, come on. Your horse will win Uh, (laughs) for sure. See others there, Louise. You're seeing plenty of them coming in. There's loads. loads
0: Oh, here's one now for the day that's in it. Shake and Not Sturt.
2: Oh, very clever. Caroline and Beliver. I like that. For mm. the day that's in a James Bond day today, folks, it is 007. That's a name for a horse, 007, uh, just came to mind uh, to me today. Jump for joy, says Olivia Andrade. I like that one. Jackie Tolan, winner all right. Hello, Jackie, this afternoon. Harry smiles
0: <laughs> after Harry Styles. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's from Ray Hoy.
2: Oh, that's that's a great one. Harry mm. styles.
0: Harry. Harry, oh. Harry Smiles.
2: Harry Smiles. Yeah. Rather than Harry Styles. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Smiles. And that's from Ray, is it? That's from Ray. Hi, Ray. You're very clever people down there. Best ads in the country, for sure. Um, my dad's horse name. Who left the immersion on?
0: It should be called Odibna, <laughs> the horse. I
2: like oh, that. Yeah. Yes, yes, I get that. I get that for sure. Um, Stormy says johnny k curran this afternoon that, read a short name there Um winner i mentioned that one all right uh, you, uh yes uh, and back to the text let's pick out a few from the text as well uh name of horse uh today make me rich says angela yes <laughs> well, that's a good one i like that uh busty babe who does that come in from ellie <laughs> brown and navin you devil ellie I like that horse name, Busty Babe. It has to be a filly, of course. Or It'd it? fall.
0: It'd be top heaven. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're, you're a devil altogether. Um, uh, well, let's see that one. There. Welcome, Cookie, Kathleen McMahon. That's her one this afternoon. First past the post, another one. Um, the Nutcracker. How
0: are you, horse? like that
2: one. Ah, now you're talking. How are How you, hot? They keep coming to us. Keep them coming. And you could be in with a chance of us giving you that ticket to but win the big They're all unique, prize. like.
0: They're all original.
2: They are. They are. We have to say that. And you're great. And you're so creative. And we really do appreciate it. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Today is the 60th anniversary of James Bond. And it's been celebrated all around the world. And last night, uh well, what a concert, Louise. Last night with Shirley Bassey. But... Did you know oh do you wanna have a guess? How many films, how many movies, James Bond movies would you say there were? Guess. God I wouldn't have a clue. Um not too 20, high, not too low. Yeah, go on. Twenty Your hot, your hot, your hot Twen- One. Twenty five. Oh, 25. Okay. Well done. You you were close enough. How many James Bonds were there? Low figure, James Bonds. How many people played James Bond, would you say? Uh five. You're one out. It was six. Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan and of course Mr. Daniel Craig. The first movie was released. Today's James Bond Day, right? 5th of October. But actually the movie was released on the 6th of October 1962. Dr. No was the first movie. But the reason it's today. I was
0: going to say, why are we a day ahead?
2: No, there is a reason. Time travel. Thank you for asking me. There is a reason. Because the world premiere of that movie was on the 5th. Then it was oh, released okay. to the public on the sixth. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Doctor No, 1962, all the way through to No Time to Die in 2021 was the last movie. And the last for Daniel Craig. Who will be the new Bond? Well, we await with bated breath to see who that will be. But Miss Shirley Bassey is unique with James Bond as well, Louise, because she is the only one to have performed not one, two, but three James Bond theme songs Goldfinger Diamonds Are Forever and Moonraker and last night at the Royal Albert Hall at the tender age of 85 she sang this the oh, quintessential she sang, it. She sang it sang it live and more besides but here she is How's Shirley Bassey oh my god good fantastic I was listening to it today she's unbelievable enjoy Goldfinger Goldfinger
4: Gold finger. He's the man, the man with the mightest
5: touch. A spider's touch.
2: Oh, you just gotta let it end. Oh my god! across the last little piece of this sorry anyway yes that is Miss Shirley Bassian Goldfinger the theme from the movie on James Bond day today celebrating 60 years since the first Bond movie came out Doctor No just reminding you the Premier League this weekend, you can listen to the games live here every Saturday on lmfm.ie or on the LMFM app powered by TalkSport. This Saturday, Manchester City take on Southampton at 3 o'clock and at half-five, Brighton face Spurs. That's Premier League Live with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. I hope should Hampton bring a bricklayer with them to the Etihad Stadium in Manchester because they're going to need to build a wall <laughs> to keep Manchester City and Eric Harland out. He is just sensational. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Up next on the show, we meet Sergeant Patrick Smith. He is the new Meath Crime Prevention Officer. In the past on this show we had lots of interaction with Dean Cairns who is now the former Mead Crime Prevention Officer and there's a new man in the job and he joins me today. I'm delighted to welcome Sergeant Patrick Smith to Late Lunch. Welcome. Thank you Jerry. thank you for the invitation. Not at all, thank you very much for joining me. Well tell us a bit about yourself and your Garda career. Where did you start off?
3: Uh, I joined Garda Shecon in January 2000 and my first posting was in Clemanem in Dublin 8. I spent seven good years there and uh, I met my lovely wife who was a nurse in St James's Hospital at the time and uh, she was a good Mead woman. So uh, she convinced me to move back and relocate to Mead. So I transferred down to a little place called Longwood and I spent a year there which I thoroughly enjoyed. It was a different policing perspective for me. Uh, a lot of people wanted to get to know you, whereas when you were working in the city centre, you were more seen as a uniform. Uh, I transferred from Longwood into Trim, where I spent four years in Trim. I done another year in Navan. Uh, so as you can tell, I have a good experience of the Meath county. I got promoted to the rank of sergeant in 2014, and I transferred to Ballybor in County Cavan, where again I spent three great years in Ballybor. Really, really enjoyed the change. Uh, transferred back to Trim whereas the sergeant in charge for the last four and a half years and then recently got appointed into position of as the crime prevention officer for Mead in august of this year
2: you have a terrific cv may i say and you've moved about and you have good familiarity with the county as well and having moved from the city into the rural aspect of things in cabin and and Mead also so you've big boots to fill here taking over from dean in the job who brought that role on a long way and i'm sure you have your vision for this as well
3: yeah i'd have to say a big thanks to dean um dean was in the role for at least ten years, and he was the first person in the role because Loudmead had separated into two guarded divisions. Uh, uh, Dean was very innovative, um, was always very available, and great communicator. And I, w- I would just like to strive to continue his work. Uh, I'd like to be open and honest with people, make myself available for any groups that require uh, any assistance, and essentially that's what my role is there to to be part of the community, to help the community, and support what the Garda structure is trying to do as regards to community engagement.
2: Prevention is better than the cure. You know the old saying and and, and it, it holds with this role that you're moving into as well. We're going to talk about a couple of specific areas today uh, that are, are of concern to yourself in your role and the guardian in general at the moment. Bogus callers, talk to me about this. This is a big problem.
3: Yes, and especially in Mead, um, we have two kind of scenarios of bogus callers. Um, the first and the most prevalent scenario is callers calling to majority of elderly people living in isolated areas within Mead, purporting to be members of Angardish Connor. Uh, they arrive to your door, they're well dressed, they're mannerly, they're very plausible, and what they're trying to do is get into your residence through your door by invitation, not by force. So the most recent scam we're seeing is that they're arriving with a wad of cash and they're asking the house owner is this your cash either one we have a person arrested in the patrol car that's parked outside or number two can you go into your house and check your cash to make sure it is yours and how they're doing that then is the person will invite the person in they're flashing some sort of a wallet purporting to be a guarded badge uh, people thankfully still have great trust in and guarded and they're taking them at face value and they're letting these people into their house unknown to themselves and number one The second guy is obviously distracting the homeowner, while the other guy is rummaging through the rooms, or if the caller is distracted, they're getting in through an open back door. And so that's the most prevalent of the bogus callers we're having. Thankfully, there uh, last weekend we had two incidents in Mead. We had one on the border with Mead and Cavan, and we had another one on the border between Mead and West Mead. Now I'm delighted to say that only. One of them uh, were successful. Um, The other three homeowners were aware of the scam, uh, stood firm and would not let the person into their house because they were not satisfied that that person purporting to be was a guard. Mm. So my advice in these scenarios is do not let anybody into your house that you do not know, especially cold callers. When I say cold callers, that's someone that you're not expecting to arrive to your door. If you're not happy, keep your door closed keep your back door closed as well too when you're answering the front door I know in the country we often use the back doors instead of the front doors but it's just the same idea keep both doors locked and call 999 If you're not happy, ring 999 to verify the identity of the person that's calling to your house.
2: No Garda will come with cash, folks. Remember this. They will never come with a ball of cash to ask you if it's yours. This fake ID, no use at all. Don't entertain them. That's the message that we want to uh, send out to you this afternoon from Patrick on the show. And, And there's always somebody generally else with them. That's it. It's a distraction, this person and the other person is affecting the burglary.
3: Exactly. And, and the, the other scenario, which is quite interesting, it's a trend that uh, is becoming a little bit more prevalent, is the pet scenario. Um, Happening predominantly in urban areas where uh, people are calling to the door in a very distressed state, often hyperventilating, um, asking the homeowner, have you seen my pet? Have you seen mm. my cat? Have you seen my dog? Again, the whole idea is to gain trust. Uh, they're looking for a glass of water, trying to get into your front door by invitation. Again, I like to stress, not by force, by invitation. And once the homeowner is distracted, the second person does, then goes and rummages through the house. So again, it's the same scenario. It's the same advice I'd be giving. Do not let anybody into your front door or your back door unless you're 100% sure happy who they are.
2: And you see, it it, it tugs at the heartstrings, doesn't it? Because you know everyone feels you know uh, sorrow for the person you, you
3: know you, you generally in our character we, we we try to help and that's what Irish society yes. and community is all about we're very open and honest and we have good neighbours and we trust we have a huge trust in this community which is a fantastic thing but the criminals have noticed that and are playing on that and are pulling on the heartstrings of the homeowner to gain access
2: so those are two things there you know what I mean to, to really keep in mind now Burglaries. Uh, let's move on to burglaries from the bogus callers because um, you are concerned that burglars are becoming more observant, more knowledgeable, and perhaps getting information from certain
3: sources. Uh, because
2: would we talk about the case with somebody who went to the post office to collect their pension?
3: Yeah, it's a, it's um, it's a something that we're seeing that the areas that these bogus callers and burglars are concentrating on are very isolated areas that you necessarily would not know. Um, we are working on the assertion that local information is being fed back into the criminal network and we are putting plans in place to combat that. Um, Operation Tor has been launched by Angardie Khanna this week. Uh, I would just like to highlight that we're possibly asserting that 20% increase in burglaries will happen during the winter months. I know myself, I don't like the this time of the year when the clocks go back uh, but there is certain things that we can do to reduce the opportunity to commit crime. Um, I mean, I'd always ask when I go to a, a presentation is, why did the crime rate during COVID drop? It nearly went but to zero. Mm. Um, there's two skills of thought. Um, the most obvious thought is occupancy. People were in their houses. People were living in their houses. The shoulder was in their houses. The second suggestion said to me is... Um, Oh, well, we're all in lockdown. Uh, you know, no one was allowed to move anywhere. But I'd always say, well, when did the criminals ever follow the rules? Yes. So uh, what I'm trying to reinforce here is that occupancy is, a, you know, is one of the greatest tools to reduce or prevent the opportunity to commit crime. I mean, did you ever see Home Alone? Of course. Yes. Do you remember when Kevin put on this pretend uh, show in the house? Yes. And he had a party on. Yeah. And the guys that were going to break into the house saw that this was a party and I said, no, no, we're not going to do it now. We'll come back another night. Yes. So when I say occupancy, I'm talking about making the house lit up. I know we're in an energy crisis at the moment, but from my point of view, I'd rather be sleeping in bed at night knowing I've done the best I can to prevent anyone coming into breaking into my house. I'm a big advocate of dust to dawn lights, sensor lights in a lot of occasions, uh, alarms, CCTV, um, you know, good neighbours, if you're staying away for a day or two, ask your neighbour to park a car in front of the house. Ask your neighbour to walk around. Just show that there's a bit of life in the mm. house. Post is a big thing as well too. You know, uh, can the post be removed? Can can we provide a, you know some sort of an opportunity that no one can actually look into your window to see empty posts or a load of posts built up on your you know, at your front door? We got to start thinking. I'd always say, got to start thinking like a burglar. If I got locked out of my house. How am I going to get into my house? Is there an opportunity for me? I mean, the majority of burglaries in bungalows happen where, Jerry? In the bathroom, really? Downstairs with the window open. With the window open, obviously we leave the window open for odors. Yes. But unfortunately, a lot of people in bungalows forget to close that window, mm. and it's just these are the sorts of things. Thirty-eight percent of burglaries happen to the rear of the property, and the majority of them are through open windows. So we just got to start thinking about thinking, thinking, and there's no point having good locks and good doors if we don't lock them
2: aye exactly and if you leave windows open as you say it's a no brainer and these guys know this as well and and they have easy access to a home as uh, also just coming back to the pension thing I mentioned because you did mention and this is a case where you know people go collect the pension was the lady had five weeks or something to I, collect
3: I believe in this instance the lady was away in hospital or had a medical appointment and so she wasn't able to collect the pension for a period of yeah. time and uh, she did collect the pension, and, and unfortunately, the burglary did occur. Then afterwards,
2: you know, and you wonder, and you know, they watch as well. And as you say, there's information circulating too. Just to be wary of that when you pick up your money or, or uh, those type of uh, scenarios. Are you available to help people?
3: Oh, absolutely, and, and that's the that's the message. I'm here today. Uh, you know, I want to I want to make sure that my service and my office is available to anyone in County Mead uh, that requires it. Um, I can I. Patrick.t.smit with a Y -Y S-M-Y-T-H at Garda.ie is probably the easiest way to contact me. If not, you could ring Kel's Garda Station there on the main line and a message will get to me. Uh, But yes, I'm always available and that's the big ethos I want to bring across here.
2: Just give that email again. Patrick.
3: Patrick.t T T for Timothy dot Smith S-M-Y-T-H at Garda.ie and I'm very proud of the why my father's very proud of the why I don't know why but it's something I always say (laughs) and I always
2: be proud of it but Kells Garda Station you'll get them either but all those little points you make there they're simple things but if you are conscious of them and close all the windows lock your doors lights CCTV uh, sensor lights things like that they all make a difference
3: huge difference absolutely Mm. yes um, and, and occupancy is, I think, yeah, is the biggest Yeah, of
2: course. Of course. You, you know a house when there's nobody in it. I'm well aware of that myself. And I like that. Get your neighbours to move the cars. Collect your posts. Don't leave anything like that around. And there are no signals there for people. You set out on on your road. I wish you well with it. And
3: uh, it's a new start and a, a new beginning. And you just wanted to mention something before we finish. Yes, thanks for the opportunity, Jerry. I was at a, an age-friendly meeting there this morning. So I was just like to put it out, now it's going out on different mediums, that the Older People's Council in Mead are having an open event on Wednesday, the 19th of October, between 11 and 2 at the Arbine Hotel. Um, We would ask anyone who wishes to attend this event that you register uh, with Anya Bird. Uh, she's a Mead County Council there. Her number is 046 909 7400. Or you can email community at mead coco.ie and just informed there's going to be guest speakers include myself uh, there'll be a solicitor there discussing wills, probate uh, another, uh, another person there talking about planning for the future in dementia so it's a w- worthwhile event to attend and as I said if you wish to attend please register first. 19th of October is the date First time I met you, again, I wish you well as
2: you set out and I'm sure we'll be talking regularly over, please God, the months and years ahead. But for the moment, thank you so much for dropping into us on the show today, Sergeant Patrick Smith, the new Meath Crime Prevention Officer. Thanks.
3: Thank you, Jerry.
2: Mr. Van Morrison and Jackie Wilson said on your late lunch this Wednesday afternoon. Terrific song, that. You'd be up and bopping about the place with it, wouldn't you? You are fantastic. Thank you so much, all of you. The names. Oh, my, oh, my. Most of you should be in creative advertising agencies. What do you think, Louise? I really do think late lunch listeners should be the names you've come up with I love that one from Fergus Cullen hello Fergus in Cotton Mills uh, Navin today Winkle Twinkle <laughs> Winkle Twinkle Little Star How I Wonder What You Are <laughs> I love that one Tra- I wonder
0: where Ke- you got the thinking behind that one
2: <laughs> I, I'm not sure but Kevin Don's horse is just called Tractor <laughs> well done Kevin that's actually nice I like that one and, and tractors coming up on their side <laughs> <laughs> and tractors coming slowly up I'd never win a race although some of the modern tractors by God you would want to get out of their way and Murray and that boy hello and chica. I like it I like that. There's a, there's a ring to that. Hoof Hearted says, <laughs> we had that already. We, did, we yeah. had that already. Mark, we had that already. That's a winner. So, that, uh, you're a non-runner today. Sorry, Mark and Julian's <laughs> Um I like that from Mary Ford in Navin. Very clever. No Time to Die, again on the Bond theme. Eh? Uh, Miss You Martha says, Christine. Hello, Christine and girls. After my little cat who died recently, aged yeah. 20. Oh, sorry to hear that, Big Christine. age for a cat, isn't it? It's a great age, so it is. The special one, says uh, Peter Casty and Kilbeg. And uh, Brown Eyed Girl. Yes, well, we had uh, Van Morrison there a minute ago too. That's another one there. Looney Zoomy. Uh, oh, yes. There's an interesting one. But I have to say, the winner today has to be Jimmy Carlin, Louise. Jimmy is the winner today. What was and, his horse? Well, you brought it to my attention Red Hot Philly Pepper
0: Oh yeah it's very good
2: Jimmy the ticket's yours today we love it Red Hot Philly Pepper yes that's a great name for the horse and you (laughs) In the ticket to the screen GFC draw the best of luck to you health to wear good wishes coming to us from Deirdre, Joe, Pat and Sarah for uh, pa- uh, Sergeant Patrick Smith the new Mead Crime Prevention Officer as he takes up his role thank you for those and somebody asking should I lock my back door when I'm actually in the house Jerry? I'd say to you yes Yes, I do all the time and if I go out I open it all right, but I wouldn't leave any doors open to be honest with you. There's another tractor up for grabs. You see, Sean McDermott's are celebrating their Jubilee year. They have a an international vintage tractor, a B two fifty and other prizes if you'd like to win the Vintage Tractor, check the draw out at winavintagetractor.ie. That's winavintagetractor.ie. Tickets are at 10 or at 3 for 20. And the draw, again, is this weekend. Now, on Late Lunch, this Wednesday afternoon, round about this time, it is again time to hear this. The Late Lunch, Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Rihanna's my Artist of the Week, and as her career hit new heights in the mid to late noughties, on a personal level, life wasn't a bed of roses, however. She was to be the star turn at the 2009 Grammy Awards, but had to withdraw late on after being assaulted by then-boyfriend Chris Brown. However, musically... The albums and hit singles rolled on with studio albums 5, 6 and 7 continuing an extraordinary run of successes into the early part of the last decade. In 2013 she won her 6th Grammy and in 2015 she picked up a cool $25 million from Samsung to promote their products and they in turn supported her 8th album Simply called Auntie, that's A N T I, not Auntie. She's um, she did bring, however, her Grammy Awards tall to nine incredible uh success in 2017, but she's been relatively quiet since, uh, taking what's been described as a hiatus. She has another album done and dusted, yes, she has, but when that will be released remains unclear. However, just this week. She announced she'll be headlining at next January's Super Bowl football, American football finale. Yes, the oh the end of Rihanna's hiatus is nigh. Here is my song today from our fifth album Loud released in September 2010. A mega hit. Want She's such a talent, isn't she? My artist of the week, Rihanna. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. And... uh her success is just unprecedented. I'll bring you another cracker from her tomorrow and more about around about this time. Final break of the afternoon, and we're heading to LA on late lunch to have a chat with an avid LMFM listener. So how come Joe Duke in Los Angeles is an avid LMFM listener? Well, we're gonna find out now because she joins me on the line. Hello, Joe. Hey, good morning. Morning to you. What time are you there?
0: Uh, seven-something.
2: Oh, we pulled you out of bed this morning to have a chat with us. Sorry about that. But, hey, we want to hear the story. How come you tune in most days to LMFM Radio?
0: Um, I live alone. And in Los Angeles, uh, most of the radio stations around here are, you know, all electronic. They... They're all computerized and there's no personalization whatsoever. Um, so for me, it's, it's nice to hear what's going on somewhere in the world, <laughs> even if it's not right around the corner for me. Um, so that's truly, I, I just started listening to radio, you know, to the computer, and um, I went from town to town. I went from country to country, <laughs> and different places that I had traveled. And um, you guys won. I've uh, been listening for
2: over a year now. Well, 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 that is fantastic to hear. Well, don't you computerized uh, radio stations with no personal touch? It'll never take off here, I'm sure. But listen, you do know where we are in this area because you've been to Dundalk and Drogheda.
0: I have. I actually I spent um, a month with my family. We were um, we traded a home. My parents traded their apartment in Washington D.C. with a family that live um, in Silverbridge, and um, that you know we were in Silverbridge up in Armagh, which there's not anything really nearby. I guess Newry's nearby, but the road to Newry was more difficult to follow, so the road to Dundalk was easier, (laughs) and because we were driving on the wrong side of the road, and we were, you know, driving in somebody else's car, we would go to Dundalk um, anytime we wanted to go and listen to music or have uh, a nice meal. We spent a lot of time at McGuff, and one night I fell down and had a concussion. I broke my nose and an ambulance was driving by and they stopped. And my father was like, no, 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 no. Cause here in America, ambulances are very, very expensive. And um, my dad was saying, oh no, we'll take her to the doctor. And my son who, you know, saw his mom with bloody nose everywhere. And he said, no dad, grandpa, we're going to, we're going to get in this ambulance. And so we ended up coming down to Drada, um, to the hospital. And so I actually spent a day, I guess it was about 24 hours there in in Drata And um, I had a wonderful experience at the hospital there. (laughs) I don't remember which hospital it was, but um, uh, I felt very, very well taken care of. Like they were not going to let me go until they knew that I I did have a concussion and what I was going to do to, you know, not get worse. Um, And, uh, you know, it, it was, I was very well taken care of.
2: Oh, that's lovely to hear. (laughs) And I can tell you, where you ate in Dundalk is McGills. It's a famous watering hole in Dundalk. So you loved the hospitality there, McGills in Dundalk. And you were looked after at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Drogheda, which is the regional hospital as well. And you said, we give out about the €100 charge. Actually, the €100 charge is gone now. It was just abolished in the last budget. But by God, you'd need more than €100 to take an ambulance and be attended. I take it in Los Angeles.
0: Oh my heavens! It just getting um, x-rayed and cost more to just get an x-ray and a regular doctor's visit mm. than it took for me to be there in the hospital for twenty-three hours.
2: There you go. So m- much greater value. Anyway, you, that was about five years ago. You came with your dad. You were tracing your Irish heritage. Did you find it?
0: Yes, we did. Uh, we found the ho- uh, the church where my great-great-grandparents got married. We found... Um, that was up in Tartarahan, and um, we found where a, a goodly number of, of family were buried outside of Newry. and um, I have a great-great uncle who was a, uh, a curate at um, the church in ballymas
2: St. Mary's. I hope I'm saying that right. Yes, you said it perfectly. Ballymascanlan. We'd even abbreviate it and say Bally Mac.
0: Well, I... We loved that church. We were just... We happened to be driving by. We did not know it was the church where, um, where I had family who'd been a curate. And we were like, oh, look at that church. It's so cute. And we drove in and somebody was in there preparing for a wedding and uh, we came in and we said oh you know we're just we're new in the area looking around and it's and she said oh yeah this church is you know look his name is right there on our list of past curates
2: oh my there you go. So you have yes. you have found people in Armagh and the Ballymacshandlin area as well that shows uh, previously your family came uh, from this particular neck of the woods. So you tune in now yeah. and, and and you're with us for for, for this afternoon. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I for you it's afternoon. For me it's morning. So you yes. guys are the first voice I, voices I hear in the morning. And then when I get home from work, I I can't stand how quiet the house is. So I tune you guys in in the afternoon for me, which is morning for you guys
2: there you go so you catch us at either end of your day we'll have to change the name of the show just one day in your honour and call it the early breakfast for uh, Los Angeles <laughs> listeners and especially Joe Duke too there you go we'll do that Aww. one day to celebrate but listen just wanted to say hello to you today and keep listening we appreciate every listener we have in the Northeast here in Ireland and abroad wherever you're listening from we love to have your company and it's great to hear that you're enjoying us here on LMFM radio. Joe, I have to leave it there today. Uh, health and happiness to you, and hopefully, you'll be back in Ireland sometime soon. That I plan to be. And you can drop in and see us in person then. Thanks for taking a call. Bye, Joe. Bye bye. Take care. Joe Duke there speaking to us. Amazing the way people come to the radio station. Computerised radio? Is that the future? I am a Dalek. We will exterminate you. <laughs> That's the future radio. No way, Jose, as Brendan Oak. O'Carroll oh, would say coming up on late lunch tomorrow afternoon Aina and Ileana is with us on National Tree Day dermatologist Des Tobin is joining us and further Noel Kyo uh, will uh, look ahead to the annual St Gerard's Novena and more besides on your late lunch Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive we'll see you for Thursday show please God have a lovely evening take care of yourselves bye LMFM podcasts with CNC carpets we bring the showroom to you or book a new- showroom appointment on 87
4: 660
0: it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work, you really really want it all to work out while you're away Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.